to the Youth of the Nation podcast. This is episode six, titled Keep Them Plugged In. As you can probably tell, hopefully you can tell, the audio has gotten better. Uh, I was using an old Xbox mic, and I thought that was okay. I thought it sounded great, but it didn't, especially when I'm listening to this audio that I'm recording compared to the audio that I've been recording before. So again, I want to thank you so much for just sticking by me. Sticking by me and listening to the audio that wasn't that great. But now, hopefully, uh, this is better to your ears and better to my ears and to your speakers and to whatever you're listening to this through. So again, thank you so much for supporting the Youth of the Nation podcast. Hopefully you enjoy this episode. Today we'll be talking about story time where I'm talking about how God called me. He put my faith to the test and called me to minister to a Muslim friend of mine. Also, we'll be talking about some what's the haps. We'll be talking about my my stance on politics and what I think about politics as a 20-year-old dude. Also, I'll be talking about um, music, worship music and Christian rap and how they have impacted me and why I think we need to chill out on calling Christian rappers not Christians and they don't follow Jesus anymore. And then also we'll finish with lead well, young leader. When How can we keep the you know 15 to 19 or even my age how can we keep these kids inside of the church what are some ways that we can do that so hopefully i can offer some advice some ways to do that and now we can have a dialogue and you guys can reply back on more ways on how we can make sure that kids feel comfortable being in the church well again let's do it and let's get to story time i can remember when i was in 11th grader. I was a junior in high school and I uh, I had been talking about my faith. I'd been walking around with my Bible and I would sit with a different kid at a different table. If you haven't heard the beginning of my story, it's on episode four where I talk about the Great Commission. And I open with my story of kind of how I came to Jesus and how I got to know Jesus and how I got to where I was or where I am today. My faith was put to work though after because In between the time of me starting this club called Fellowship Club and me ending it, I I was trying to sit with different people all of the time. And I wanted to sit with different friends and so that they they could get to know Jesus and so that they could get to know who God is. And I would I would try to share the gospel to everybody I could. And then what I began to notice was 
people were coming up to me and asking questions and why do you believe in this and can you share this with me and do you know who God why God did this and why does bad things ha- why do bad things happen to good people and questions but as a junior I couldn't answer and as a junior in college now it is still hard for me to answer those questions but what I began to notice was that God was challenging me and God was speaking me and telling me not just to speak to the people that I know, but the people that I don't know. So there was this friend and we're going to call him Ben. We're going to change his name. His name will be Ben. And Ben had this huge wart on his face, this huge bump on his face. So I sat next to him. Naturally, I was like, man, you know, Jesus sat next to the people who had skin diseases and diseases. And Ben, if you listen to this, I love you, bro. I'm for you. Uh, Connect back with me if you can. But Ben was a Muslim. And speaking to Muslim friends, they kind of feel shut out in my community or in my Christian community or even in the fellowship club that I started because I automatically got into Jesus and I didn't get to know the person that was Ben. So Ben would come, Ben would come to lunch and sit next to me. We'd always joke around and we'd talk about this and that. We'd joke about sports and he'd, he'd be cussing like crazy, talking about football, soccer, like just, we would talk about everything. And Ben became one of my great friends in my junior year of high school. You wouldn't see me without him. And yeah, he had this ward on his face and it was very big, but that didn't matter to me. I just wanted to get to know him. And I, and I, I didn't, honestly, I didn't go into the conversation thinking that I was going to, he's going to give his life to Christ, that he's going to change. No, I honestly just went into the relationship saying, man, I get to hang out with someone who's different in faith. I got to learn about the Muslim faith. Could I tell you about the Muslim faith now? No, but I got to truly learn about the Muslim faith and what it means to be a Muslim to him and why he believes in what he believes. And honestly, I respected him because he shared that with me. I respected him because he wasn't afraid to share these things that he would be judged for. He knew that I wasn't going to judge him, that I was just going to listen because I wanted to know. I wanted to know, why do you believe what you believe in? I didn't say he was crazy. I didn't say he was ridiculous. I just listened to him. And me and Ben had a great bond, a great relationship. But to be honest, Ben would be called names that I don't want to repeat. He'd be called names of um, just rude names of terrorism and things like this. And I do not believe these things. And I don't put these names over a whole people. But that's what he would be called by other people, other people of priv- privilege. He, he, he came from the background that I came from. He was broke. They didn't have fam- They didn't have money. He didn't know where his family was. He had to move to America to have a better life. Ben didn't understand why he was being bullied. Ben actually loved America. Ben couldn't wait to go to school because he said, man, this is a privilege for me to go to school. I get to go to school for free. There'd be times when I would throw him a couple bucks for lunch and he'd throw me a couple bucks for lunch. We would trade our lunches and we would have such a great time. I loved Ben. I love Ben. But one time Ben said, man, what do you, why do you carry around your Bible, dude? You wouldn't be allowed to do that where I'm from. And I was like, well, I carry around my Bible because this is what I'm supposed to do. I carry around my Bible because God is, God is telling me to do it. 
And he said, but did God really tell you to do it? And then I was like, hold up, bro. Like, Ben, chill out. Who you coming at like that? And he came at me in such a, I don't want to say disrespectful, but way where I was like, I don't know who you are and I don't know who you think you're talking to, but I am not the one today, Ben. And he talked to me in any kind of way he wanted to. But what he was trying to say is, man, we have different faiths, but I'm glad that we can hang out. And he would share with me, man, thank you for hanging out with me. Thank you for sitting with me. I'd see him in the halls, like, what's up, Ben? How's it going? We'd dab each other up. We'd make fun of each other. We'd make fun of each other's faiths. The stuff that's crazy and kind of religious in, in their face. Like, we would do those things. And if if that's a sin, God, I, I apologize. But, man, I was building a relationship with this guy. And then what happened is he came to Fellowship Club, not because I asked him to, but because someone else in the Fellowship Club asked him. I I didn't want to invite him because I didn't want him to seem like a project. I wanted him to seem, I wanted him to know that he was a person and that I thought he was a person and that he was loved and respected. And I was overjoyed to hang out with him just because I got to hang out with him, just because he he had a pulse. So anyway... He came to Fellowship Club and he said, man, this guy, Jesus, is cool. He would stand up for worship. He'd sing it a little bit. But not one time did he raise his hand for faith or, you know, act like he was all out for Jesus in a charismatic way. He just wanted to know. But then what happened is Ben had to move. Ben had to move and he moved away from Lakes High School. And it was tough. Because honestly, I didn't know how to react. So I got a text. I didn't know how to react. I didn't know how to. I honestly didn't know how to. Honest. Like, I didn't know. I know I'm at a loss of words for this. But even now, like I just didn't know how to respond emotionally because he was my boy. He was my boy. And he had to go. And I honestly forget the reason why he had to go. But to make a long story long like I'm doing now. To make a long story short. He had to go because of his faith. Because of what he believed in. And they were moving away. And it was tough. But he said, thank you. Thank you for showing me Jesus. He said, I respect Jesus more because of what you said to me and the way you've hung out with me. Man, when I think back to my greatest faith accomplishments, right? Like, like, like I'm marking them. Like, I think about this. I think about how Jesus truly truly create a relationship with people he didn't just meet them just tried to change their faith but he he met them where they were at like i've already said before and create a relationship i believe one of my greatest faith was not preaching to kids who already knew jesus but preaching to this muslim dude ben who didn't know jesus at all that was an accomplishment not because of me but because he got to see who jesus truly was and what a relationship with jesus truly is like Isn't that so great? That's what we get to do. Guys, that's my story. I get to share my faith. My faith was put to the test because it was uncomfortable. Because he didn't agree with everything I said. But it was great because he got to learn who Jesus truly was through me. And even I said things that weren't right. And I hope if Ben is out there that he's like, Nate, you were a dummy and you had no clue what you were saying. But what I do know was that Ben got an opportunity to follow Jesus. I don't know if he is today, 
but I pray that he is. I pray that God has him in safe hands and God has him in good hands and in a good family. And wherever he's at, wherever his faith journey is at, that he is safe. And that he knows that, hey, there's a dude in Washington that loves him to death. Man, I think about Ben constantly because I got the opportunity to share my faith. That's my story, guys. And throughout these next couple of episodes, that's what we'll be sharing. I'll also be sharing different faiths through my young faith story and when I got to share the gospel and when leaders told me I need to share the gospel. Now what we're going to do is we're going to go into What's the Haps? Welcome back. We are on What's the Haps? Today I want to talk about, obviously, the politics. Honestly, our nation is in dividing times. What I've begun to notice, and hopefully you've noticed, is that now we have to pick a side. If you're not on this side, you're going to be ridiculed because you're not on this side, and we're going to make fun of you because you're not on this side, and we're going to say you're not on this side, and it's just all over the place. It's it's all over the place. And I realized I had to pick a side right after Trump and kind of this that whole political season where I was like, well, whose side are you on? You're on the good guy's side or the bad guy's side? I'm not here to say which side is which, but I'm here to say, Man, in a divisive time, in a divisive time, how we, how can we as believers fully like be okay with that? And not be okay with that, but how can we know that it's happening and how can we change it? And this is what I've noticed is I now have a lot of friends who are choosing to divide us. We're not meant to be divided. We're meant to be one body. And because of the color of my party and whether I'm left or on the right, that decides if a believer is going to accept me. And that is insane to me. So I know this is what's the haps, but this is what is happening in the world. We are dividing ourselves by our political parties. And to me, that doesn't make sense. I get it. We don't disagree on on certain systems and policies and whatever. But to ridicule a person for what they believe in, and it just doesn't make sense to me. And like me personally, like I have beliefs, but as soon as I state those beliefs, there's I'm called a Democrat, or I'm called a leftist, or I'm called a liberal, and we're given name to everything. And I once asked the question, I was like, why can't I just like want good things to happen to people? Or to me, this is what is right. To you, this may not be right. Okay, but to me, this is what makes sense in our world today. So honestly, y'all, like I was just kind of confused. I'm confused in this season of time where it doesn't seem like we're on the same page on anything. As soon as something comes up out of the White House, we have to pick a side. And if you don't pick a side, you're now on the opposing side. Or they're going to start making assumptions on what side you are on. To me, it's just insane. Uh, it's a, it, it doesn't help our country. It doesn't help us. And um, I believe a lot of it has to do with just like the, the people we see in politics that are just falling, falling really hard. Um, and let's just, I don't know, like, let's just come together or have good conversations, have good dialogue. Like we, don't, we can disagree. You know, God doesn't expect us to agree on everything. But he also doesn't want us to cuss each other out on a Facebook forum. 
Like I've been in conversations when truly like I stated my opinion and now I'm cussed out because my opinion is different than someone else's. Newsflash people, opinions are going to be different. But Jesus has called us to be one body. Now, I know when we've applied to Facebook posts, not everyone on the other side of this comment section is going to have the mission to be one body with you. Doesn't matter. We are still supposed to be one body. But before I go any more farther about politics and say stuff that makes even more people angry than I've already said, I want to begin to talk about some worship music, just music, Christian music in general. And I want to talk about worship music in this way. I love worship. I love worship time in church. I love worship music. I love it all. But there is some stuff that bothers me in music in general, but especially when it comes into the believing Jesus realm, whatever you want to say. Is honestly, we talk about the love of Jesus and the love of Jesus and the love of Jesus and the love of Jesus. And it's not the audio messing up. It's, I think we often talk about the love of Jesus more than we talk about the hard times that we have with God. We talk about the struggles we have with God. Man, one of my favorite songs is a song by Casting Crowns, and it's called Just Be Held. And it's simply a song about life is awful right now. Stop trying to fight back. Stop trying to make things better and just be held. Just be held by the sweet embrace of God. Just be held by what Jesus is doing. Just be held by God. Man, when I first heard that song, I was like, what is this? And it's my favorite song, honestly, when tough moments happen, especially when I'm struggling with following Jesus and having conversations and praying to God. I got to just be held. My life's not falling apart. It's falling into place. Because honestly, what I find in worship music is we're not able to lament enough. We love celebrating. And there's nothing wrong with celebrating. There's nothing wrong at all with celebrating. But man, I know my most fruitful seasons for me have come when there's been a valley. It's been hard. It's been tough. I feel like I'm drowning. And then I remember the greatness of God. And now I can celebrate because God brought me through what he said he was going to bring me through, which was another tough season. Like, I have hard seasons. I have tough seasons. But I think too often we're not okay with having those tough seasons. We're not okay with not being okay. You know what I mean? Like, we're too focused on, God, you're so good. God, you're so this. That we don't say, God, I'm not good. Like, God, (laughs) God, I'm not okay right now. Can you help me out? Can you help me out, God? Can you help me in this season of not being okay? Is that okay to not be okay? And I think more worship music... Like should lean that way. Again, I'm not an artist, but as one who main driving force to do homework is music and many different types of worship music. I'm not saying stop celebrating and this podcast to a couple hundred people are listening to like that doesn't like that. Like my impact is small right now to change music, but I'm speaking and saying, man, if we have more songs where we talked about the struggle of life, the struggle of who we are. And, I, and I'm finding that in more albums today. Like the Zoe Church album, Be Okay. Like I found that in that EP. Like they talk about the crowded cross. Like the cross wasn't beautiful. Like it wasn't like, I think we get this image of like, yes, the image of the cross is beautiful and that he died on it, but he died on it. He had to carry that up something. He had to get beat for that. 
And what I find in that Zoe album is like they're talking about like the cross is was crowded. It, it there was no cameras, no one was Instagramming, no one was hopping on the snap saying yo, you know, it was crowded. It was tough. It was it was hard to look at because people were seeing Jesus, their Savior, their Christ. They were seeing them die, him, die on the cross, in a bloody fashion that no one else should, no one else wanted to see, no one else wanted to be a part of, no one else wanted to uh, understand. But it happened. And if there was more songs, I can talk about. The hard stuff, depression, anxiety, mental health. Right? I had an episode about mental health that can talk about mental health. Like, I think we can truly move towards uh, towards an honest life of with Jesus, and not saying that the celebration music isn't an honest life with Jesus. But man, man, if we can start saying life is tough, life is hard. I'm gonna lament. There's there's tough times going on, going through a divorce and. Not me, not going through, I'm not going through a divorce, but people that are going through divorces and going through tough times and kids that are sick, like, can we walk through that with them? Can we do that? Also, with Christian rap, I love Christian rap. I love it all. Andy Mineo is my favorite artist in the Christian realm, in the not Christian realm. Like, he is my favorite. Um, but I love Lecrae. I love Words Played. Actually, I was just at a concert this Friday with all of them, and I got to meet Andy Mineo and Lecrae. Go check that out on my Instagram. Like, yo, I didn't know how to stand and I didn't know how to like Lecrae's super tall, right? So I like I really didn't know how to do anything. Like I was sitting next to Lecrae and I was like, yo, what up, G? And like dapped him up and you could tell he was like, Ah, what are you doing? And <laughs> met Andy Minnie asked me my name. He complimented my LeBrons. Uh so that was awesome. Like, it was cool to meet them. Their concert was so awesome and I think what I noticed is like Andy Mineo is really pioneering this for me. Is being okay to talk about things that aren't okay. Like in his first um his first EP that he dropped this year, he has uh he has a song called Clarity. He also has a song called Family Photo. Man, Family Photo gets me. Family Photo is a tough song to listen to. Family Photo made me cry the first 3 times I listened to it. Go listen to Family Photo and you know exactly why. He's struggling. He's struggling so hard with his father not being at his wedding. Man, I struggled with that. I, I was crying. And Andy Mineo, like, I, I know he didn't say this to me, but I feel like he was saying to me in some weird off way, like, hey, it's okay to not be okay, bro. It's, it, it's okay. It's okay that life is hard. It's okay that life is tough. Oh, but Jesus is with us. Jesus is with us. And at the end of the song, he, at the end of this EP, he was celebrating. Isn't it crazy how we celebrate Christ after we fall in Christ? We celebrate Christ. We celebrate what he's done. In every season of lament, I've noticed that a season of celebration comes. And it might take a really long time. It truly could take a super long time. But there is a season of celebration. There is a season of joy. There is a season of love. There is a season of life that is coming. We just have to be okay with it taking a while are we okay with it i don't know what do you think do you think you're okay with it do you think you're okay with their season of not being okay you know what i mean um and lecrae does the same thing songs and cry for you talking about like man you guys think i'm perfect and you guys think i gotta put this whole facade together and no like i'm not okay but i'm 
my heart hurts and I know God is with me. And also, can we stop bagging these these artists? Man, they're not Christian anymore. Man, they don't follow Jesus. Man, they went too mainstream. They don't owe you anything. You know what I mean? I, I've heard so many people that said, man, Andy Mino doesn't follow Christ anymore. If your name isn't Andu Min- and Andu, if your name isn't Andy Minio, you should not be judging their faith in Christ. Uh, I believe there's a scripture that says, "Check the log in your own eye before you check the log in someone else or the speck in someone else's eye." You know what I mean? So like, or vice versa. So please, like, chill out. And I know it happens with Lecrae. Lecrae doesn't love Jesus anymore. Lecrae doesn't follow God anymore. Lecrae doesn't know how to love Jesus. Like, what? Like, you don't know him like that. So how dare we judge if Lecrae knows Jesus? Like, that's on Lecrae. That's on Andy. That's on these artists. It's not on us to depict if they love Jesus anymore. Unless they have asked you to say, hey, man, do you think I follow Jesus? Maybe don't try to answer that question for them because you're not them. I know. I kind of was going for next there. But it does. It, make, it frustrates me. My voice just cracked. <laughs> oh, man. It frustrates me. Obviously, I'm angry. Like, <laughs> sorry. It frustrates me. Like, why are we? I'm so mad. Why are we judging people that we don't know them? Like my faith is my faith. No one can say no one can say if I'm following Christ anymore. Like that's on me. And if I'm denying that I'm not following Christ, I'm probably not following Christ. Or or if I'm denying following Christ and I'm like, well, you know, you don't know my life. I'm out here living a life that's total opposite of what Christ has called me to live, then I'm probably not following Christ. But you don't know these people's lives. You know their Instagram. Again, stop judging people by their Instagram. Yo, going for next? I'm going to chill out. Anyway, that's what's the haps, y'all. Again, remember, uh, we just need to stop dividing our country. Let our, our country needs to come together, to come together as one, one body. I know it's, it, it honestly, is it going to happen? I hope so. But in reality, it won't. We all won't agree on the same thing. But how can we come together and have dialogues and have conversations that, yes, we may not agree, but we're going to come together and try to at least have a conversation about it. You know what I mean? Like, let's talk about it. Also, worship music, I love you. Well, let's make some songs where we lament and not sit in our sadness for like a super long time because we can, but because Christ wants to hear that. Jesus wept for us. Jesus wept for Lazarus. They kept saying, Jesus, why weren't you here earlier? He's dead. Jesus wept with them. Like, Jesus Knows our emotion. He's not just, hi, my name's Jesus. Nice to meet you, Johnny. Hope life is great. Did you speak today? Did you pray this? Did you read this scripture? Love you, Lord. Amen. Proudly name. Hallelujah. He's here for the hard moments, too. And that's like, I mean, I love God because of the joy. But, man, I, I know I appreciate it because when he's here in the hard moments. I know I appreciate it when he's here in the hard moments. And also, yo, let's stop telling people what their faith is. Stop telling celebrities what their faith is. Like, let's follow Jesus, and if they're following Jesus, amen. And if they ain't, man, we pray that they can come to Christ. And Emmanuel uh, is a great artist. Um, awesome. Go check out his EPs. Uh, he has the arrow and the sword out. Check out Lecrae's music. He dropped uh, Let the Trap Say Amen. I love that. Words Played. What a quirky guy. Check out his music. Um, I love all these guys. What up, RG? Got that little swagger. Go ahead, check out his music. No big deal. 
uh, go ahead and check out his music. Go ahead and check out all these guys' music because they make great music. So, again, thank you for listening to What's the Haps. That is the Haps. And now we're going to move into Lead Well, Young Leader, and why are kids leaving the church, and how can we keep them plugged in? Lead Well, Young Leader. Have you ever asked yourself the question, as a young leader, youth pastor, why are students leaving the church? Why don't they want to come to church anymore? Man, they were a student leader at one point, and now they're not. They've decided to not follow Jesus, and what it seems is they're turning away from their faith altogether. What, what, what do I do? What is one to do? And this is what I've noticed, and as I was researching today, there's many reasons why people stay into stay in the church, especially young people. Majority of people, majority of young people make the decision to follow Christ before they leave to college. Understand that that means young people like myself, they're making decisions to follow Jesus before their brain is fully developed, <laughs> before they know what college to go to, before they know who they're going to marry, maybe. They're choosing their eternity, right? Like, before high school ends. And we get to be a part of that decision. But we ask ourselves, why Why are they leaving? Is it something I've done? Is it something I didn't do? What can I do better? How can I love better? Like, what truly can I do? And this is what I believe. I believe that there's three reasons Three reasons on why we don't, why kids aren't coming back. Kids aren't coming back to the church. These three reasons I have is reasons why people stayed in the church. The first one is they went to church and the church helped them guide their decisions in everyday life. We all know that young person, right? That's like, Nate, what do I do about this? Nate, what do I do about this? Hey, Nate. What do I do about this? Hey, Nate, I don't know whether if I should turn, spill my um or pour my milk in first or my cereal first. What should I do? They call you at 4 a.m. Yo, wh- how should I post this post? Yo, like they ask you questions about everything. That's what young people want. They want to be guided in their decisions every day. It may seem like a young a young person is like, man, they don't care about nobody. They don't care about no authority. But honestly, when I found in kids that push back on authority it's because they're not guided or they weren't guided in life so now they're going to make their own rules because no one made them for them or no one at least tried to guide them or mentor them so i'm gonna encourage you with this they want the church to help them guide their decisions in every day young people want the church to help you guide in their decisions every day i got this from a barner research and also um a, uh, was it a pew research also, it says that both of their parents were married. For a lot of us, that's not, a lot of our students, that's not the, uh, from a lot of my students at least, that's not the reality. They're not married. Marriage has not even come into their mindset. I didn't understand marriage until I was probably 12 or 13 years old. Like, I didn't get it because I didn't see a good marriage in my life. Like I, like, I knew that people stayed together. But I thought it was just dating. I didn't know what marriage was. So both of their parents are married. That means they had a, they had a solid home. So honestly, like, 
the kids I mentor to, like this can be a, a, a blockage. This can truly be a blockage to them knowing Jesus because they don't have both parents in their home. And you know, the parents, the kids that have to go back and forth between parents. Oh man, that's going to be tough. How are they truly going to want to know Jesus if they don't know where they're going to stay that night? Or they don't know what parent they're going to see this weekend. And they want to see moms and dads, but moms and dad don't want to be together. Right? So like, understand that, man, this could be why a kid is leaving. Their home life isn't secure. Their home life isn't correct. And this is my favorite one. It says one adult or Jesus friend decided to invest into their life. That means someone invested into them. Isn't that what the church is supposed to be? We're supposed to be a place for people to find solace and to get to know Jesus. I mean, that's what I, I mean, that's what I've heard. That's what I know. Like, can we be that to people? Like kids are staying in the church. Why? Because one adult said, I'm going to go to McDonald's with you every Monday and ask you questions and get to know you and buy you ridiculous amounts of food to invest into your life and get to know you. That's what young leaders did in my life. That's what young people did in my life. That's how young people got to know Jesus. That's how I got to know Jesus. It's because someone invested in my life and said, no, 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 no. You haven't been invested to. You don't really know what this looks like and what this looks like, but I'm going to help you. What happens when we invest? It grows, it reaps, it doubles, it exponentially grows. So that means when we begin to invest into young people, their their purpose and their power and their, their capacity to change the world will grow exponentially because we've invested seed, uh, we've invested into them. Right. We've planted into them. So now they will exponentially grow as long as we continue to invest as what happens when you invest. You keep on putting money in so that things can grow. But if we just invest one time and then hop out, they're going to say, oh, I'm not invested into. So now I'm going to hop out of the relationship with the church, with Jesus. Honestly, young people are basing their Trust, I've heard this from my pastor, one of my pastors in my life, Antonio Macamore. Young people base their trust on T-I-M-E, time. Are you giving their time? Are you investing your time? And I know it's like, well, that's that's ridiculous. Like, I have time. I have things to do. Well, man, when a young person needs to know Jesus, that's my only mission. That, that That's what I'm going for. Investing in them over a long time. Right. Like I didn't just go up to Ollie and be like, well, well, you need to know Jesus or you're going to hell. No, I didn't say that to him. <laughs> I was like, yo, you need to know Jesus. But I'm going to walk through you in life, not nagging you all the time saying, hey, do you know him yet? Hey, do you know him yet? Hey, do you know him yet? Sorry, I'm getting closer to the mic. Hey, do you know him yet? No, that's not that's not my goal. What my goal is, is to walk through Jesus and say, hey, do you think you're really ready for a relationship with Jesus? No? Okay. And then they embrace me and be like, you know what, Nate? I think I'm ready to know this God. Like, he really does love me. And they're like, I I mean, that's what I was telling you before. Right? Isn't it so funny when young people are like, wow, God does love me. God's Christian is beautiful. God is for me. And you're like, bro, I've been telling you at the whole time. 
and you're just now believing that? That is crazy. That is crazy. So this is why students are leaving. Like they want the church to guide them. If both of their parents are married, it could help possibly. Or there's a healthy home. Think about home life. And also that one adult or Jesus friend invested into their life. Time. True time. Right? A young person adjusts their trust and their faith on T-I-M-E. Time. Right? What do kids love the most? What they put their time into the most. Right? Like if they love Instagram, they're going to post a lot of Instagram pictures and put time in. You know, by man, Instagram is the best. If they love football, they're going to put in work and they're going to lift. They're going to... They're going to do those things because they, they're putting their time in. They're going to trust the coaches if they put time in. Coaches, what do they do? They give two hours of their time almost every other day or every day. That's time. They earn trust by time. I encourage you to lead well. I encourage you to lead well, young leader, and to know this. Yeah, young people are, are leaving the church. And you might be freaking out and saying, well, run for the hills. Because it is going down. Jesus, you need to leave the 99 and go get the one. No. I encourage you with this. Help young people in their decisions every day. And also, invest into students' lives. I mean, those two are kind of synonymous, right? Like, if we can help young people got in their decisions every day, then we're investing. Because we're, we're, we're stepping in life with them. We're truly in it with them. Lead well, young leader, and know that you, you are called to this work. You are called. Maybe some of you are even asking that question. Am I truly called? Next week, we'll talk about a little story time about that. But yo, you are called to this mission and this work. So put in work and make sure that your kids, they don't stay in the church building. No. But they stay in the church community and they stay plugged in, right? You know, these youth pastor terms, plugged in, connected, filled up. Like, make sure there are all those things in the church. That, that, that's our mission. That's our goal. That's our job. Hey, guys, thank you so much for listening. Next week, we will have a special guest, which basically means I still got to get my guest. I'm just being real with y'all. So make sure to check it out next week and go ahead and listen to Andy Mineo's new EP, The Sword. Go ahead and check it out. My favorite artist by far. Hey, I love you guys. Keep it real. Keep it love. Peace. And I didn't do this last episode, so I'm going to give a big shout out to Brie Gonzalez and her song Night. Uh, It is her single right now and go listen to it. Go check it out. She is awesome and dropping great music and honestly does help with the theme of um, we should add music. We should make music that talks about the struggles. And uh, this song talks about in the night where Jesus still came and was with us. So go ahead and check out that song on Apple Music, Spotify, wherever you listen to music. Again, big shout out for Brie for letting me use her song on the last two episodes. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Youth of the Nation podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and don't forget to check us out next week. Also, if you want to communicate with me, there's a Google form which you can send any feedback, questions, or even a shout out to me. 
go ahead and check that out in the description and also follow me on instagram at underscore kybird again at underscore kybird don't forget to follow me on instagram keep it real keep it love peace